Hello, welcome to another edition of Conversations of the Heart. It is your boy T. Till. Special guest in the building today um, is Tamia Terry. Um, she is an entrepreneur. She is a social service advocate and a finance professional. Um, so I'm very excited to have this particular conversation um, here today that's going to be surrounding all of those three things. Um, and, you know, so first, Tamia, very thank you for doing this show. I really do appreciate you uh, coming on the show and sharing your insight, your wisdom, um, and your story with us. Um, I, I know that, you, that you're going to drop a lot of gems, no pressure, um, and we're going to get into it. You know, we're going to get into entrepreneurship, life insurance, retirement, philanthropy, social, man, we're about to get into it. But first, um, introduce yourself to the people, um, let them know um, where they can find you and what do you do? and then we'll get going. Yes. And before I even say anything about me, I want to say thank you for the opportunity to be on your show, to have this amazing conversation. Nothing is scripted. I was not prepared at all for anything. So anything that is going to be heard tonight or spoken about is a conversation of the heart, right? So I'm super excited for that. Thank you so much for reaching out to me and just making that step to get this done. Um, and yes, my name is Tamia Terry. I am based out in New York, Brooklyn, for all of my Brooklyn people. All right, Brooklyn. And... I'm queen. I'm queen. I'm queen. But <laughs> right, you right. Right shout out to Brooklyn. Close. Shout You're out to Brooklyn. Close. Shout out to <laughs> Brooklyn. <laughs> but I, yes, I do. I wear multiple hats. I do multiple things. Um, as was already stated, I am a social services advocate. So I advocate specifically for women and children. I definitely am. Um, an entrepreneur, which has been an amazing ride for all of the entrepreneurs that are listening or aspiring entrepreneurs. Uh, we're definitely going to get into that too, I'm pretty sure. And I am also a financial pro professional licensed by the federal and state government. So that has also been an amazing ride. And I am just a person who loves people. Wow. I love people. I love planning. I love organizing. I love God. I love so many different things, <laughs> but Absolutely. that's what makes up a person, right? Absolutely. Um, so you definitely made it a point to say, I am licensed. Yes. Don't be clear. I am licensed out here in, in these streets. So yeah. <laughs> you're certified to talk about a lot of these different topics that we're going to get into. Um, but you mentioned uh, entrepreneurship, right? So first of all, what were you doing before entrepreneurship, right? And then what made you transition into entrepreneurship? Ah, okay. I love this question because a lot of people wouldn't really know, but I was in grad school to get my MSW in social work, right? Master's yeah. in social work. Uh -huh. And I was also just working retail. I was a manager at one of the Levi's in the city. I bounced around from a couple, you know, Soho, um, 34th Street, Meatpacking District, um, Times Square. I've definitely bounced around between all of them. And I was a manager there. And it was this one particular moment in which I knew that I needed to level up my life. And what that moment was, I was sitting in school. I went to undergrad at uh, Hunter College and I went to grad at Adelphi University in the city. And that moment I was sitting in an undergrad class and I had a professor. I couldn't even like tell you his name, honestly, <laughs> uh, just because my memory is not the best. But I just remember I could tell you exactly like if you showed me a picture of him, I would tell you who he was. And he was sharp. He was sharp. He dressed well. He spoke well. Um being a professor was not his only source of income. You can tell that he had different things going on. And 
I remember just sitting in that class saying, I want to be like him. Uh, I want to have multiple things going for me. I can't live off of the nine to five social work income, because if you know what that income is for social work, it's maybe about 50, 60, 70, 80 grand if you're really pushing it. And I know the lives that I want to help. And I know the lifestyle that I live <laughs> and I knew oh. that that wasn't going to cut it. So at that moment, I knew I was destined for something greater. So when the opportunity presented itself for me to do something bigger than a nine to five to help more people than just the people on a caseload, mm -hmm. I knew that I had to jump on that opportunity. Awesome. And, you know, I think it's key when you said, you know, the life that you live. You know, so it sounds like you live in the champagne life. Okay. So, yes. so all right. So 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 you know that you need to level up in money and finances and just and you know, not just not just about money and finances, but just in happiness and peace. Because you could be making yes. a lot of money, be clear, and you're not happy at all. At all. In, in the job that you're doing or the or mm -hmm. the business that you have, right? So it's not just about the money. The money is a plus, but you want to be happy in everything that you do. Um, that they may not be all 100% happy times, but you want to yeah. make sure that you're at, at least happy with the work that, that you're doing. And I know, I know the nonprofit sector very well. Um, I used to work in the nonprofit sector myself. And um, you're right, especially with like, um, you know, people who have MSWs and things like that. And they, it's almost like teachers, like they should be making more. Mm -hmm. but they don't and that and that's why you have a lot of the, like disgruntled social service workers right because yeah. they, they're doing incredible work but they're overworked and mm -hmm. underpaid like mm -hmm. all the time they're dealing with various different populations right that's not easy it's not easy at all mm -hmm. and um that's why people are so stressed out disgruntled um you know and even you know you can go even up to the directors right like a director in a in a regular company might make north of like 130, 140,000 dollars. A director in a nonprofit might make like 85. Mm -hmm. Right? And 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 that's and we're not sneezing at 85 grand, but what I mean is that the responsibilities for a director, right, in the for-profit yeah. and in a nonprofit is immense. But yeah. a director in the for-profit is getting paid. And a nonprofit is it, it, you getting really really short um when it yeah. comes to salary right so um so no so i understand completely um as far as that that nonprofit sector and people who have msws and things like that um but it's such important work though um so tell the people so you're an entrepreneur so tell the people about your business what what it is that 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 you do um and why it's so important yes and right before i get to that i just want to touch on something major that you said and you said it it could be about money, but at the end of the day, it's about peace and happiness, right? And I wanted to touch on that because I'm actually reading a book right now, um, You Are a Badass at Making Money by uh -huh. Jen Sincero. I totally recommend the book and I'm only one chapter in, but I love okay. it so far. And she just talks about our worthiness of being able to have money, but she also talks about it not eliminating the state of mind that you're in, your uh -huh. mental state, your mental well-being. Uh -huh. So I think it's really important to understand, yes, Money will fix a lot of problems, honestly, right? Yeah, like it yeah. will fix a lot of uh, problems. It'll give you a lot of opportunities and options that you otherwise wouldn't have. Thanks. You know, when you're frustrated instead of staying at home binge watching, maybe you can afford a spa day or a trip to Greece, you know? So it definitely gives right. you options. And I think that was the most important thing that you said was that 
It's about peace and happiness at the end of the day. Uh Right. And to circle back around to your question about my business and what I do and why it's so important is I work in financial services and I'm a financial professional. So I help families with everything, absolutely everything under the financial umbrella, but I don't limit it to just that. I walk into every appointment that I have with somebody praying, not on the Zoom with them. (laughs) We're not in their house or anything. (laughs) But for the most part, I'm having a conversation with God before and I'm asking God to use me in whatever way. That Mm. could be with my state and government licenses or that can just be having a conversation about how you deserve more out of life. Mm. Because to be honest, a lot of people have been robbed, been robbed of their dreams Mm -hmm. at a really young age when maybe they don't have role models that do that, right? So that's my business and that's what I do, whether it's financial services or empowering somebody to take control of their finances. Mm -hmm. Those are both things that I do. And why is it so important? Because we need it. Mm -hmm. it. If we're talking about middle America, if we're talking about minorities, right? Hispanics and black and brown people, if we're talking about the people that really need to come up from not having the right opportunity, right? Those are the people that need to have the conversation the most. And yeah. out there, like the financial industry, Wall Street, right? They're they're not doing our guys a huge service, right? There's people out there that are not serving our people the way that they should or having conversations with them the way that they should, you know? So when I sit down with somebody, I don't care if you make 20 grand a year, 30, 40, 50, 100, 200, uh-huh. 300 grand a year, uh-huh. right? I don't care, right? I just got off of a Zoom with somebody who makes a little upwards of two a year, right? But it doesn't matter to me where you are on the income thresholds. It's important to me to teach you, right? Uh-huh. Because I can sit here and I can recommend things all day, right? I can tell uh-huh. you, you need to do this, that, and the third, but how are you going to teach a future generation? Uh Uh how are you going to teach the children that are coming up so why it's so important is because we need to fix a major hole in our educational system Uh right we need people to go out there and have these conversations with our people right Uh so that we can save our future from turmoil from generational poverty right a lot of people are talking about generational wealth right now right we need to save them from generational poverty so that's why i would say it's so important education is key it's very true um because even millionaires i mean you have people like athletes you know who come out getting these big contracts and it's amazing but then they end up broke yeah like years down the line right so you know i think one thing a quote that my girlfriend always says because she's in finance as well is like it's not about how how much you make it's how much you can keep and grow Mm -hmm. right and and which is so true, right? I, I think like it's it's so true because it's, it's about strategizing, right? And I, I think yeah. that's what you bring to the table um when it comes to to helping people right identify where there's room for improvement, right? And then where there's room for growth. Right. It's you know, that's something probably I, I, I assume that you have these types of conversations with your clients too, um, and how to get their money to work for them. Um so I know you're licensed. Uh, are, you, are you licensed in life insurance? Yes. So I am licensed in life insurance. And mm-hmm. with that, I have the ability to do a couple of things. Mm-hmm. I can do life insurance business. I can do fixed investment business. I can create 401k plans, 529 plans, 
um, there's a, a lot of different things that you can do with just that one license. Wow. Okay. So specifically for life insurance, you know, um, and the reason why I want to go here is because there, there is a stigma with life insurance. Like it's, <laughs> it's yeah. like one, well, there's a couple actually. It's like one, we avoid it because it's like, we don't want to think about death, right? That's some people do. Yeah. Like I don't want to do it. Right. <laughs> um, and then two, it's like when you're being sold life insurance, you see, back in the day, it's like, I remember going to the mall, right? <laughs> and I don't know if you know where Green Acres Mall is, but that was like yeah. when I was growing up back in the day, right? So cool. Maybe I, I to... asked you in a store because that's the mall that we went to too, even though I lived in Brooklyn. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That seemed to be like the centralized mall for everybody, yeah. right? And I would go in and there would just be these sharks of like life insurance people. Like, oh, come here, let me get life insurance, life insurance, life insurance. And it felt yeah. like I was going to uh, like what a, a car salesman. It felt like I was going to somebody that were like, what's like wanted me to die. I'm like, man, damn. I'm like, man, you remember to die? Like, like, why are you so aggressive out here in these streets? Like, you know, with, but that's what it was. It was pushy car salesman. It, it, it was like, nah, I'm, you know what? I see that salesman coming to my way. I'm going to the opposite right. end of the mall, right? Yeah. So there's so then there's that, right? But on the flip side, there's a lot of people in our community, right, who only have life insurance with their job, right? Like, you know, they'll have they'll they'll take the employer's life insurance. Not saying that you shouldn't take it, you should take it. Um, but then that's it. Right. And then you see all all of these GoFundMe's and um, you know, there's a lot of just different things that that you see. Um, online when somebody passes and yeah. donate here, donate there. And not that there's anything wrong with donating, you know what I'm saying? But how can we fix this stigma of, of life insurance, you know, and us, especially as a people mm-hmm. getting life insurance, because I know the opposition, you know, they have been getting life insurance and monopolizing off of life insurance for a very, very long time. Yes. And they know how. Right. So, so tell us a, a little bit about some of the reasons why, as a community, especially, that we should be getting life insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one answer, or maybe I have two. <laughs> mm-hmm. My first answer is that is your key to generational wealth. Mm. That is your key to generational wealth. And people may say, oh my God, well, what do you mean about that? Like, what do you mean? Right. If I am helping a person and they qualify, they need, they get um, a million, a million dollars worth of a death benefit, right? Mm-hmm. Not all of that is going to be used for the burial, right? A, a, a huge chunk of it, yes, will be used towards that, right? Your family doesn't have to have a burden about burying you. What casket to pick? What flowers can I get? Right. Get the most expensive ones, right? Like get the ones that you like, the pretty ones, right? If that's what you want. So that's not even a burden anymore. The rest of that money, that's where generational wealth comes in. So let's say you have a family, right? And this money goes to a son. Uh Your son now has, I don't know, $800,000, $900,000 to go ahead and invest, right? Because we have to be smart about it. Invest that and create a future with it. I don't know how many people can say that their parents left behind eight, $900,000 for them. Mm. life would look very different very Mm. different if our parents knew that or were able to do that for us Mm. so i would say that is definitely one answer is generational wealth that's why it's so important 
Um, number two is to lighten the burden. Uh. Lighten the burden of alive and when you pass away. And here's a huge misconception. And this is one of the things in trying to change the stigma. Uh-huh. Life insurance now is not only for when you die. Mm. there's life insurance that you have access to the death benefit when you are alive. And this is the times are changing, right? As the world evolves, we get new financial products, new life insurance products. And this mm-hmm. has been them for a couple of years. It's just that people don't really know about it, but there's life insurance that you can take benefits from when you are alive. Of course, there's certain stipulation that needs to happen in order for you to have that, right. but it does exist. So it lightens the burden of if you need care, right, when you're alive. And it lightens the burden of you passing away. And I'll share a little bit of a personal story because, I mean, we've been talking for a little bit over a year. In and out, Mm -hmm. supporting your shows, listening to them. Appreciate it. That's where we connected. But Mm -hmm. on a little bit of a personal note, just to show you guys how important this is, is that my grandmother has been in the hospital since March. She's been in the hospital since March, and it's been really tough for my family making certain decisions. What nursing home? What hospital? Mm. Oh, another nursing home, another nursing home. And she's been mistreated. When I say mistreated by um, healthcare, and I'm not saying this about every single person, I'm just saying it it so happened that where she was, she was mistreated, and some things happened that shouldn't have happened, right? And all I can think to myself is two things. One, she needed one of those benefits that you can touch when you're alive because she mm. would have had the private care where we're paying ten and $15,000 a month to care for her and we wouldn't have cared what that dollar amount would have been. She mm. would have had somebody by her bedside every single moment, holding her, feeding her, reading to her, praying with her, singing with her. It doesn't even matter. They're there to do that, mm. right? And then I had a number two, but... I forgot it. (laughs) I forgot the number two, but that was the story. That's how important it is. If she had something like that, Mm. right? Maybe my family wouldn't be in the situation that we are now, Mm. right? Now, of course, I came around in business a little bit too late for her, but I'm making it a point that every single person I come in contact with, right? Mm -hmm. Do you have this, right? Because a moment is going to come that maybe you need that. Maybe a parent needs that. And you don't want to be in a situation where you're choosing between life and money. It's not a good feeling. Mm. You don't want to be in a situation to where you have to choose between life and money. Powerful quote right there. Um, Wow. I mean, that's, that's real, you know, and I appreciate your vulnerability with that because it's not easy seeing um, somebody that you love and hurt and in pain and, and struggling. Yeah. Um, it's just not, you know, so appreciate you being vulnerable with that. Um, but it, but that's true. Like, you know, as, as, as far as just the reason that the different reasons why we need to have life insurance, because like, so what do you say to somebody that says, Hey, well, I already have life insurance. I work for Meta. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I work for Meta. I, I work for Goldman Sachs. I, mm-hmm. I have my life insurance. I've been here 20 years. I'm good. Why do I need to get something extra or something more? Yeah, there's a series of questions, honestly, for the most part, I don't tell people what to do. I just Mm. ask them questions so they can get to the answer themselves, because that's more powerful. Having Mm. you say the words than me say the words. Mm. But if I come across a person that has life insurance, that Mm -hmm. um, thinks that they have the best thing in the world, I'm not saying that you don't. 
I've come across mm -hmm. people that have had amazing things and I don't do anything with them. You know, you mm -hmm. have something great. I'm glad we checked this over. Go on your merry way, right? You're good. Right, right, right. Um, but there are some people that aren't. And for those people and for anybody, really, I just have to ask them a question. If there was something out there that was better, you would want to know about it, right? Right. So it takes a shot. It's, it's a great opportunity just to sit down and review what it is that you have. And mm. a lot of the times we find people overpaying policy. Mm. We mm. find people that are um, have really low death benefits for what it is that they actually need, right? To cover their house, their debts or anything like that, right? Some people aren't properly covered. Um, maybe some of their stuff is outdated, you know? Maybe they're not having enough interest. If it's something with cash value, maybe they don't have a lot of interest, right? So I just asked that question. Because I'm pretty sure, right? Like you'd want to know about something if there is better. So let's assess. Let's assess to see if there right. is something better. I'm not saying that there is. There is a possibility that there isn't. And somebody did set you on a very good path. There's also right. a possibility that you may need to change some things. Well, I guess the reason why I asked that question specifically, because I'm talking about like the employer life insurance, right? Like, yeah. yeah. So I guess, would you recommend um, additional life insurance aside from the employer life insurance? 100%. 100%. And the reason I say 100% is because your employer life insurance, um, number one, a lot of them don't, the average amount of death benefit that they're giving you is $50,000. That's average. I've seen some below. I've seen some a little higher. The average is about 50,000, right? Um, number two, when you are not working with that job, that insurance goes bye-bye, right? So let's say you're 28 and you start working with a job. They give you $50,000 policy. Wow, that's awesome. You work with this job for 10 years. At age 30, you now have no life insurance. Guess what? You just decreased your opportunity to get affordable life insurance at age 30 because you should have done it at age 20. I'm not saying that you can't get approved, but life insurance at the end of the day is focused on your health, your well-being. What condition right. are you in? The longer that you wait, the more expensive it gets, the less likely they are to approve you. Mm. So if so, somebody in their mid to late 30s want life insurance, they probably like what they get. A, I mean, of course, it depends on your health. But I mean, even if they're healthy, let's just say, would they be able to get life insurance? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, if you're okay. healthy and you're in your, I don't know, late 30s, late 40s, yeah, you'll be able to get life insurance. It's just mm -hmm. going to be double and triple the price as if mm. you were getting it when you were younger. Right. Mm. Got it. So for all you youngsters out there, see, that's the problem, though. A lot of times, like when you're young, you yeah. don't really think about that, though. Like you're, you're into, you know, just making money, doing your own thing. You're yeah. not really thinking about by the time you think about life insurance it's when life has happened like whether you've yeah. seen it happen like whether it be family member or you know your friend or whatever the case is it's like oh wait a minute right when you're in your 20s it's like ah, moving i'm shaking uh life is amazing yeah like life is good you know what i mean like you don't think that you could ever mm -hmm. like nothing right so I think sometimes most people get that realization when they are in their 30s, probably, because that's mm -hmm. when, like, you start to see your parents get a little older. You start mm -hmm. to see 
you know, your friends, parents, and even mm-hmm. some friends get sick, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that, you know, like for me, like I've seen some of my friends in high school pass, I've seen like, and I'm like, well, he's got people my age, right? Like, wow, whoa, right? And then you see parents, and then you see, you know, it's just so you see a lot more death, you see a lot more things, and you're like, oh, my yeah that thing yeah <laughs> that. I heard about that before yeah like 10 years ago they tried to scam me at green acres more hold on maybe <laughs> maybe i should have maybe i should have listened right you know um yeah uh, you know but you know so un- unfortunately um you know i think though as parents you know i don't have a children yet but i think as parents maybe that's a conversation um that we should have with kids yeah. because you know we have the the credit talk, the, the, you know, the savings account talk, we have all of those talks, you know, with the kids, you know, you got to know how to balance a checkbook, you know, how to get save money, you got to do all those things, but the life insurance really never comes up. It never comes up. You know, you tell, you teach kids how to manage your money and how to budget your money. Don't go, don't spend more than, you know, blah, 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 you know, um, don't live above your means and this and that. But like, when it comes to life insurance, it's like this, because I think it's a conversation that nobody wants to talk about because it's, it has a lot to do with quote unquote death. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that's a very uncomfortable conversation. Um, unfortunately. Right. And then by the time people get older, that's a really tough conversation because why are we talking about death? And I'm like 65. Like, it's like, so what do you think I'm going to die? Like, you know, like yeah. now that, that's not like... a superstition. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so you're right. And I think the conversations like this should start to happen a little bit more often because that should be included in the financial conversation, I think. And I think sometimes in, in other cultures that probably is a part of that conversation. Um, or it's just mandated. Hey, listen, like as soon as you get out there and you get a job, you about to get this life insurance. And yeah, I'm gonna say get, go get it. <laughs> yeah, and I think like my mom's never talked to me about life insurance, but we definitely had the savings conversation. Save money as you get it. Like you need to stop spending. Don't get yourself in a lot of debt. Um, but we've never had the conversation about life insurance. Uh-huh. And she had a life insurance policy for my sister and I. Right. And when it wasn't until I got into business and I started learning more about these things that I said, let me investigate. Let me see what it is that you have. Like, what is this? And it was a little Gerber policy that was like 25 grand, maybe, you know? Yeah. Honestly, nowadays, that doesn't even cover a funeral. Yeah. You know? So I went in and I had to update myself into something that um, cares for that, right? Like, it takes care of my passing away if that happens. It takes care of my future family having... Um, generational wealth currently my mom and my sister right like it takes care of them any you want to start a business go start a business you want to pay off your house pay off your house you want to get another Mm -hmm. house get another house right I have to go in and update that because I understood that I wanted it to be multi-purpose multi-purposeful I definitely think parents should start having that conversation with their children and just learning more themselves Right, because the younger, right, up until a kid is two weeks old, when a kid turns two weeks, they are now eligible to go ahead and get a form of life insurance. Mm. And if you're going to be making that decision for your child, just make it the best one. You know, mm. don't put money on like something that's not going to give you much benefit in the future. Mm. Two weeks old. I just learned something new. 
I didn't know it was two weeks old. Um, wow. Okay. Because we always talk about college funds. I mean, like we talk about everything, like even for yeah. go out there and get your job with a, you know, I mean, back in the day, it was like, go out there and get your job with a pension. You know what I mean? You know, then it was, oh, make sure they got a 401k, right? Yeah. Oh, we're going to see if we can get you, you know, um, you know, put a, a college uh, fund for uh, for the baby or whatever the case mm -hmm. is, right? Um, get an IRA, right? You know, mm -hmm. So we 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 hear a lot of that, you know, like invest, invest, <laughs> invest in this and that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But that is one subject I just know that out of all the things when it comes to money, that's something that we don't even bother with. Yeah. And it's and it's very interesting to me. And that's why I wanted to talk to you about the life insurance thing because I was like, nobody talks about this stuff. Like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it's very interesting. It could be very conflicting, honestly. Like when you go on Google, one article is telling you one thing, the other article is telling you a complete opposite thing. And then you have a third article that's saying both things, but the other article just said, don't do that thing. So it could be very conflicting. And my best advice is um, find, you, find you a person, find you a professional that you can have a conversation with and bet them out. No, I'm no, no. Trust no, no, no. No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. We're talking to one. They call you. No, no, no. They call you. I wasn't going to market myself on no, no, no. Okay, cool. So let me do it. So call Tamir and, and say, hey, I need life insurance. How can they reach you for life insurance? Tell, yeah. tell them how they can reach you. How, how can they reach you for life insurance? I have a website where you can connect me directly. Honestly, mm -hmm. all of my business is out on social media. I don't hide anything. My number is 929-371-8339. It's on my website. My Instagram, you can also reach me there. It has my website in the bio. My mm -hmm. Instagram is T-A-M-I-A-A -A -A dot T underscore um and my name is Tamia Terry and I'll pop up so you can definitely reach out to me and I will be sure to post the links um uh, once yes. this comes out I will post the links to to, to the IG and you yes. know once I get the, web website, and the website I'll put everything in the in the body so everybody can just don't have no excuses everybody can go right to the website go, or you could DM her directly and tell them I sent you right? yes. yes um but yeah so find somebody that's qualified Timia Terry. She's right here. She's giving yeah. you all the jewels. So if you can give her all the jewels, support your people. Black black owned businesses out here. So support your people. Um, ask questions. Yes. Um, and I'm sure that she'll answer any questions that, that you may have, especially when it comes to life insurance. Mm -hmm. So yes. now the thing that we did mention, 401ks. Mm -hmm. Preparing for retirement right that that's a hot topic it's always been a yes i'm so excited so, now we're getting into the goods <laughs> it's always been a hot topic even back in the day um but it, but it, it was more so you know pension driven right um just make sure you get somewhere where they got a good union and a good pension right mm -hmm. and not for nothing those were the days mm -hmm. um for the you know for for for, for that time if you got a pension if you was getting in with a pension you good. were set <laughs> for the rest mm -hmm. it ain't like that no more mm -hmm. so preparing for retirement um i know you you said that you actually um another service that you can provide is 401k yes. now now does that include iras too or roth iras or, or just 401k yes. we do have i don't have the license to recommend a roth ira however mm -hmm. i have a colleague who is licensed so 
I promise absolutely everything somebody needs. Um, I definitely have the connection within my firm to be able to recommend that to them. Oh, so you're the plug too. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, so let's talk about what you do offer. Um, yes. 401k. So, so person sits, sits down with you. How do you guide them through planning for retirement? How do I plan them or how do I guide to help plan for retirement? So, mm -hmm. um, I start with, I start with, I'm thinking, I'm like replaying the process in my head. So I start <laughs> with asking them a question, mm -hmm. right? I want to know what it is that your retirement life look like. Some people will be completely okay with $3,000 coming in a month. Some people are like, no, I want to be in Greece and Paris and Dubai every single month. So they that may need like, like yeah, they may need $15,000 coming in yeah. a month, right? I help them calculate their financial independence number. It's a lot of math. I just do it with them on the Zoom, mm -hmm. um, make it very easy and painless. And then I almost backtrack. When I get that financial independence number, sometimes it may be a million dollars, sometimes it may be $2 million. That is the number that you need in order to pay you your desired income a month. And I'll be very clear. Retirement is not an age. Retirement is a number. Mm. You just need your bank account to say a certain thing and not necessarily like your Bank of America, but right. Your investments, your money needs to say a certain. Mm -hmm. number. So I backtrack with them. I say, okay, this is your number. How are we going to get you to this mm -hmm. right We're here? The numbers here. What do we need to do in between to get you there? Right. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the times you are not going to save your way to retirement. I don't care who, <laughs> I don't care who tells me, oh my God, I can save my way to retirement. A lot of the times you cannot do that. You need to invest your way there. You need your money to grow and work for you. And you needed to do a couple of things before you get to that number. So my job is to fill in that gap. What is the plan? Let's meet every six months, every year. Let's revamp that plan. Let's make sure you're updated with everything that you have going on. Mm -hmm. But I'm here to fill in that middle spot. And yes, 401 ks are one of the things, right? One of the tools right. for retirement, Right. But there's good, better, and best, Ooh. right? 401k is good, mm. right? And I don't know if we want to talk into about that right now, but it's good, right? So you need, just need to okay. ask questions to find out better and best. Like, what are those other options that I have? Or what can I use all together? Instead of having my eggs in just one basket, mm. what can I use all together to get me to point B? Because right now I'm at point A and mm. it's slowly moving. Right. Um, so you said 401ks are good. Mm -hmm. So in your opinion, what's better and what's best? It really depends. It depends. I wouldn't be able to say that there's like this one thing that's better or the best at something. Mm -hmm. It really depends on somebody's personal situation. Got right. But there's a lot of when I like tell you guys, there's a lot of different investments and things that you can take advantage of as long as you have that person, right? Whoever that person is, mm -hmm, as long mm -hmm. as you have that person, you're gonna get the guidance, right? But mm. I, I can't say there's one thing that's it's you know best. Um, right. I, it's not perfect for everybody because everybody has a different financial situation and a different financial standing. Mm. But I can tell you that there are options out there. Mm. And that's so important that people know that that there are more than a, one option of, of just, you know, because people, you know, again, you go on your job, you know, you, you know, and it's like, all right, they give me the 401k match and they give me this. And that's and that's amazing. Yeah. Um, but what do you have? 
that can't be taken away from you. What do you have that can't be taken of you away from you? Yeah, so like no, that was kind of rhetorical in the sense oh. where <laughs> no, no, because like, how do I answer that no, one? <laughs> no, because like when I'm when I'm thinking about it and what you're saying, I'm like it makes sense because whenever your employer right has like like life insurance, like what you said, it could be taken away, right? Yeah. So what do you have in yourself? Okay that they can't take away that's solely yours so whether you're employed whether you're not whatever the case is that it's like you know what this is this is mine this is my life insurance this uh, this is not theirs this is Mm -hmm. my 401k right this is not theirs this is my IRA you know whatever the case is right Mm -hmm. um so I think that's something that I'm saying that people should think about is what do you have personally Mm -hmm. um that is an investment that is not attached to something else that can be taken away. Mm-hmm. And then also just to add on to that, what's yours that can't be taken away because that's super important, right? Like you guys can ask yourselves, do I really trust the government? And I'm not going to talk much about that, but just ask yourself the question, right? <laughs> ask mm-hmm. yourself that question. If you trust them with your retirement, with the rest of your life, mm-hmm. um, what I would add on to that is um, taxes, <sighs> right? And Part of the reason that I said 401ks are like, right, good is because there are tax stipulations. There are tax stipulations mm-hmm. um, and just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to get too much into it because then we'd be here for like a, a session. You guys can <laughs> hit me up for that. But yeah. um, the, the number one thing that I would say is that there are tax stipulations. A lot of people don't know that a 401k is tax deferred. What Mm -hmm. that means is that they are deferring your taxes until you're ready to use that money. So when Mm -hmm. you're ready to use that money, you don't know what taxes are going to be at that moment. You're just stuck with whatever bill it is that they give you. And Mm -hmm. that's not money that of your retirement that you expected to use that you now have to pay back the government. Mm. And that's so true because it's interesting when it comes to 401ks because, you know, you have to be smart in how to in in how you utilize your 401k. Even if you need money, you do a loan. You don't pull out. Like, trust me, you don't pull out of a 401k because the tax implications on that and penalties, is, yeah, and penalties is astronomical. Yeah. Like, they'll put you in a hole. If I'm being honest, um, so you're absolutely right about that. But if if you're gonna pull from a 401k, just make it a loan to yourself, please. Um. <laughs> well, ask questions. My whole point in saying that was just ask the questions about um tax never options, right? Options mm-hmm. that you can you don't have to pay taxes on after your money grows, right? Just ask mm-hmm. questions about what those are. Again, it's hard to say like what vehicle, right? Yeah. Or like yeah. go ahead and start recommending products. I actually don't think I can do that anyway. <laughs> right. I'm my license, but ask the questions about what vehicles are out there that mm-hmm. are tax advantaged. Mm. Beautiful. So when it comes to adequacy, right, um, what made you go into that, um, being an advocate for women and children? um, Like, what made you go into that as well? Because, I mean, you know, you're obviously an entrepreneur. You're doing some amazing things. Um, You know, you're making money, probably. Whatever the case is, you're just living life, the champagne life that you love to live, right? But but advocacy, like why, what made you go into that work? Because, you know, you don't have to um, and nobody does. Right. But I just want to know, like, what made you go into that lane? Um, 
as well? Yes, that is a loaded question, but I love it. I absolutely yes. love it. What made me go into that? Um, I read once, and I'm totally going to screw up the quote, but it said something about your passion is derived from things that you've been through. Mm. So my story is nothing short of that. I had a really long period in my life where I felt like I was silenced and I was living in silence mm. right? with mm -hmm. things that has happened to me, um, traumas that I've had, experiences that I've had. I lived in silence a lot. And my motto is like breaking the silence. That is like, it will be mm -hmm. plastered on every single wall of my nonprofit organization, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but that is my motto. And it came from experiences that I've had growing up. Right. Mm. And living in silence with those for years and years. Mm. And it wasn't until recently. Right. Like the person that you see on the Zoom today, guys, is not who I was two and three years ago. I've done major work on myself in the past two years, especially. And thank you. And I've changed a lot about myself. So it wasn't really until two years ago that I began working on myself. Mm. And I know that if I've experienced this, me just like this one little person and you know, that just went through a couple of things. How many other people are living in silence as well? How many other women are living in silence? How many other children are living in silence? Uh -huh. you know? And I knew that I needed to do this work on myself. Uh -huh. I knew I was called. I knew I was chosen. I know that I am the one uh -huh. to do the work on myself because I now need to go give back to other people. Uh -huh. Right. I just hosted my very first mental health and self-love picnic last week with a couple of women and it was freaking awesome Love and it. the whole idea behind it was to me you've done some work you have something to share mm -hmm. my next step now do more work so you can have more to share and mm. more to teach and more to give back mm. so mm. being an advocate it comes from experiencing that that pain of silence myself that not only do I have to be an advocate for myself and other people, but I need to teach them to be advocates for themselves and their children and their peers and their friends and their cousins and sisters and everything. Right. So mm. it's from that experience that I've had. And, and what you said is true. Um, there are lots of people who suffer in silence. I say it all the time. People suffer in silence every day. You know, they're smiling on the outside. And they're crumbling on the inside. It's the people that you don't think. It's the people that are happy all the time at work. Hi, how you doing? Yeah. They're, 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 they're your friends that you party with. Yeah. Your friends that you look to your left and your right. And they in a club like, yeah, got the bottles yeah. and everything else, whatever they got going on. And they go home and cry mm -hmm. and and hate life or, or just going through a lot of just different things, depression, anxiety. Yeah. And and it's like, wait, well, I thought this person was so, like, happy. I thought they were this. And it's like, people hide all the time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, people really, really hide. And, and, and not in, like, a negative way, like, people purposely just hiding. But people just feel like other people don't care. Mm -hmm. And so I'm glad that, that you put on these events and that you put on this on this event. Because what you're doing is you're giving people a safe space. And that's very important, especially for our community, especially because we, we come from, from a culture across the board, especially black and brown kids, where what happens is in this house stays in this yeah. house. And, and you know, therapy is, is that's just a, a curse word, like yeah. therapy. Like, we don't need that like, stuff. Are you crazy? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And, and, and that's, and that's horrible. 
because we pass down this stuff and we're not being healed right like i wish her proudly like therapy yes. is for men too like it's not just a woman thing women sometimes but you know they're the first to everything a lot of times you know so they get to therapy first right and the men is like nah i ain't doing it. <laughs> that's you know i'm gonna see you go through it first <laughs> but that but what the, but what that does is but when a woman goes to it first that automatically becomes that's a woman thing and so now understanding that now we need it too fellas you know and we need safe spaces too yeah. we go through a lot men die early like yeah. let's be clear the statistics show it men yeah. die at a much earlier age and why why is that fellas mm-hmm. right so we got to really open our eyes and, and look, you know, but we also have to do better jobs like what you're doing um, is giving people safe spaces to come, to talk, to fellowship, to share ideas, to share stories, um, to share testimonies um, of how you've overcome and just have the ability to share maybe what you've been through, right? Because those things can help somebody go through, right? And and so I, I salute what you're doing because that is a great work because kids need it. You know, I, I worked in nonprofits where, you know, the population that I worked with was kids age 16 to 24, you mm-hmm. know, and, and the teenagers and things like that. And they need what you have. They need what you have because there's stuff going on out here in these streets. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of teenagers don't feel heard that's why you know teen suicide is crazy out here too yeah right you know so i'm glad that you're an advocate you know i'm for me i'm a mental health advocate and you know and for me it's just about healing the community right Mm -hmm. we could talk about money all day we could talk about finances we could talk about strategies on how to get money guys are good for that like men how do we get to the bag how do we get to the bag right (laughs) women how do we save money, right? <laughs> so it, it, it's it, it's it's a lot of money talk, right? Like lots lots of money talk, which is good. But what is it all for if we don't have up here, right? Yeah. What somebody comes to you and sits and sits, and sits down with you and y'all y'all talk about oh how they can get their money right four hundred one k whatever the case is and and life insurance boom. A year later they they pass away. Yeah. What what was it for? Right. So we got to have both conversations here, mm-hmm. mental health conversation and money conversation. Mm-hmm. They, go, they go hand in hand here. Hey, I was just going to say. Right. That. Because a lot of times, like when you're going through financial strain, your mental health is normally probably not that good. Right. I mean, that, that's just honest. And, and and if you live in New York City, I could probably say it's probably 75% of New York City probably money is not really good. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, look, New York is, is expensive to live, right? So, you know, so that's what I mean. So it, it it's just so I I love the adequacy. I, I love what you're doing, um, because it's on both ends. It's the financial end, but that's just not the end all be all. It's okay. I have that, but then I'm also investing in the community, yeah. in women, um, and children. So I just want to salute you for that. Um, yeah. Thank you. And because if I super can, important. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just saying it because it's oh. super important. Yeah. And if I can add anything, honestly, if like you're listening to this and you've made it, we're what, 50 minutes in, but we started a little late. So maybe 45 minutes in. If you're 45 minutes in this and you've been listening to us talk about life insurance, retirement, <laughs> like and entrepreneurship, yep. I can tell you that you care about your future. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And if you care about your future and you made it this far in listening to this, I want you to ask yourself, what is your purpose here on earth? Mm. That's my, what my purpose was. Right. Like this is it wasn't it's been a couple of times and I was sharing this last night with a book club um, a year ago, random person just having a conversation with him. And he said, you're the chosen one. I was like, what? What do you mean? You're the chosen one. <laughs> right. Matrix. He said, you're right. The one. Yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? And then. This year, sometime I sat down with a client, right? It was a client of one of our, um, one of our associates moms. And she looked at me and she said, we're talking, right? Financial stuff. There's papers out on the table. We got some Thai food, right? Like there's a lot of great stuff going on here. Uh Randomly, she goes, by the way, God is telling me that you need to come back to him. Uh And she goes on and she just prophesies over my life. And she tells me that there's a work in the kingdom of God that I need to do. There's people that I need to talk to that nobody mm. else can talk to. And she felt that prophetically for me. And if she felt that prophetically for me, I know that a lot of beings, especially for you, you listening right now, like <laughs> that made it 45 minutes into this, this call, right? You have a purpose on earth and you need to ask yourself what that is, right? You're so much greater than what it is that you're doing. Like, I don't even know what you're doing. I don't even know who's listening, but you are so much greater than what it is that you think that you were put on this earth for. And unless you do the work and pray about it and ask the universe, ask God, like it doesn't have to be my God, right? Like whatever it is that you believe in just to a higher power, right? Like just step out on faith, Mm. step out on faith and see what that calling is and you'll find it. And you're going to move mountains with that more mountains than you thought that you could be moving with what you're doing right now. Mm. And that's what I had to do. I had to step out on faith and see what that calling was. I went through what I went through for a reason. This uh-huh. was all part of a plan, a plan before I was even born and not to preach over anybody, but that's what I believe in. Uh-huh. Right. So thank you for thanking me for what I'm doing. Um, this was all part of a plan, uh-huh. right? This was all part of God's plan. Uh-huh. And, and that's, and that's powerful because you have to step out on faith. You know, I think, um, and understand when you're changing and you step out on faith, a lot of times it, it, it may not be easy. But like when you're changing, sometimes change is uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's super uncomfortable. Like like it can make it can make you feel away. And and because change sometimes holds you accountable for a lot of different things. Right? Because when you're comfortable. It's just, all right, well, I'm so uncomfortable just being who I am and and that's it. But when you really want to make an impact and a change in your life, right, that can bring about a lot of discomfort within yourself, right? But sometimes when you put that mirror up to your face, right, and you're like, man, I really need to change this about myself, whatever that may be, Mm -hmm. right? It could be money, it could be mental health, it could be anything right that you want to change about yourself because that's what therapy does therapy takes the mask off and shows you who you really are and you may not like it you may not like it right but it's a necessary thing to say hey oh this is me yeah but if i can look at myself and say this is me today but tomorrow and the next day and the next day i'm gonna choose to be better yeah. That's where the breakthrough happens and stepping out on faith and trying new things and, and doing things that you wouldn't normally do, right? Mm-hmm. Because you want to change. And I think that's where, you know, faith comes in, accountability comes in, 
right? Um, and you will start speaking to yourself differently as well. Like what you just did just now, you spoke over people's lives, right? But now somebody needs to hear that so that they can speak over themselves the same way and they can speak to themselves the same way because a lot of us don't talk to ourselves nice. Yeah. They all they always say talk to me nice. Yeah. They always talk to me nice, but no, no, talk to yourself nice. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Be 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 good to you. Give yourself grace. Because mm-hmm. people give everybody else grace. Oh, I, I gave him or her 10 chances. Oh, I, I, I give my friend yeah. 10 chances and to mess me over. Whatever the case is. Give yourself grace. Give mm-hmm. yourself the same grace that you give everybody else. Mm-hmm. Right? And the words that you just spoke were very powerful. Um, and somebody who is listening um, is going to be changed mm-hmm. because of that. So um, I just want to say thank you um, because this right here is the, con- this is why I do the show. I just want everybody to be clear. I, I could have done a sports show. I love sports. <laughs> I, I, like people talk to Terrence, oh, let's do the sports show. Yeah. Because I love talking about sports. I'm in a group chats all the time. Oh my goodness. I'm in the group chats. I'm in multiple <laughs> group chats with different friends about sports. That's how I'm, I'm, I'm trying to tell you. It gets crazy. So yeah. I'm there, but I wanted to do a show to cultivate conversations like this for impact. Because for me, if it's not impactful, I don't want to do it. Yeah. I don't have time to do it. I'll stick to my group chats about sports. I'll do, I, I'm good with that. You know what I'm saying? But if I'm going to do a show and be dedicated to doing the show, I want to bring people along like you who's passionate about what they do and passionate about, about making a difference and leaving a mark in this world and on this world. And that's exactly what you're doing. Um, so with that, I will say thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for blessing the show. Thank, thank you for dropping so many jewels um, for for the audience. Um, and please, for the people maybe who are, who missed it, tell them where they can find you, yeah. how they can book you, not just find you, <laughs> but I'm, I'm I'm plugging you right now. Find and yes, you. Yes, yes, yes. You can definitely text me my number or give me a call number. But honestly, in this day and age, text me. <laughs> text me with your name and like where you heard about me from my number is 929-371-8339 um just let me know who you are where you that you listen to this podcast and that you're interested in having a conversation um my instagram is also t-a-m-i-a-a dot t underscore and in my bio i have my website that also is linked to not only my email but my phone number as well where you can reach me there also send me a dm <laughs> right yes. either one of those ways of contact definitely work and you be giving out your number like mike jones back in the day like, like you, you know, out- <laughs> i sometimes i think about it i'm like should i be doing this but honestly you can get it off my instagram so what's the True. point in hiding no nah, ab- absolutely and which means that you're very accessible um for, and you are for the people um is there any other events that you're doing that people can get involved in fundraisers anything that you want to plug right now let's go ahead and do it 
Yeah, I actually, um, I have a fundraiser running for a community event that I'm working on for children going back to school. It'll be in Harlem, so I don't only want people to donate, but come out and celebrate with us. There's going to be a bouncy house. There's going to be like amazing kids. There's going to be face painting and things like that. Um, but the most important part is that we will be giving away a hundred or more backpacks full of surprise, not surprises, well, surprises and supplies okay, okay. <laughs> for children to be able to just have a prosperous school year. Um, that's the number one community event that I'm working on right now. I am oh. in the works of planning another mental health and self-love workshop. Yeah. I'm not too sure about what that is yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do have a book club. It is closed for right now. Um, Again, mental health and self-love, but the next book I'll definitely be posting for us to add more women to our chat. So um, yeah, just follow me, stay tuned. I'm always posting goodness. Um, And thank you so much. Like, I don't want to leave without saying thank you. I think what you do, your work, the conversations that you have are absolutely amazing. And not only will somebody be changed because of what I'm saying, but because of the amount of series of shows that you're doing, that people are tuning into, that people are listening to with an open mind. So thank you for just being a servant of the community and just giving your heart out um, and helping as many people as you can. It's truly admirable admirable <laughs> <laughs> nah I, I, I understood exactly where you was going okay. <laughs> i appreciate you thank you for coming on the show let's do it again um and because i would yes. love to um you know hear more about the events that you're doing because those mental health and, and self-love events seem to be really really dope and and support and please if you're watching follow follow tamia check out her events support her fundraisers ask her any questions you want about anything get into this life insurance game you know what i'm saying and 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 i'm sure by by booking her uh you won't be sorry no but, but that is it that is a wrap it's your boy t till please tune in next week for another edition of conversations of the heart peace